0: I just want to be
1: i I want this waiting
0: to be over I just want to be with you And it helps to know the day is getting closer i clouds will sun and disaster comes, oh my soul, oh my soul, when waters rise and hope takes flight, oh my soul, oh my soul. clouds brought rain and disaster came, oh my soul, oh my soul, when waters rose and hope had flown, oh my soul, oh my soul, oh my soul. never true you I know you never let go you never let
2: Good morning. Good to see you all here today. Glad you're with us. For those of you who are watching online or maybe listening on your radio, we are thankful that you are here with us as well today, worshiping. So today, we, I just want to say I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope it's been a, just a fulfilling week for you. I want to share just a real quick celebration um, for Thanksgiving dinner this, this week on Thursday. There was a great group helping. We had 23 volunteers who were helping here as well as um 190 meals served which is amazing yes and we want to give thanks to anyway, i asked eric uh, to kind of take the lead on this uh we we're thankful for eric and amanda also harry and uh barbara broxick uh, if you didn't see also krdo was here channel 5 was here Go on the KDRDO's website. Uh, Harry gave a really neat uh, just testimony on there as well. So I just need to celebrate God's goodness in the midst of uh, this week and good things that have happened. I am thankful that you all are with us and uh, looking forward to worshiping together with you today. Thank you. Uh, let's begin with just a short prayer. Lord, we just thank you, God, for this day. and We thank you for all the promise and the potential and the plans that you already have just invested in this time that we have together. We pray, Lord, that you would just open our hearts as we are just opening our hearts to you. Uh, I pray, God, that you would just fill us. And I pray, Lord, that this time as we lift you up in praise and worship and open our ears to what you have to say through your word, that, God, you will be glorified and that you will help us to be more like you in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: Let's all stand, and we'll worship Jesus together this morning.
0: If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice till the same old lies, if you are trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life you got In the light of day and the dead of night, we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight.
3: good to know he can break chains i can't break chains paper chains that i put on my christmas tree maybe (laughs) that's about it you know god's done a lot in people's lives just in this room even though we're we're a little bit lower because of thanksgiving weekend how many people have had jesus come in and do stuff that you didn't expect or how how many of you been waiting on him we've been waiting on him Have you been waiting with hope, or have you been discouraged because you're still waiting? I write down prayers in my Bible, and there's some of them that I've dated that don't have an ending date yet. I'm still waiting because Jesus is working them. He's waiting on me, and he's waiting on people, and he's got a plan in place as he sits there. I was going to share with you guys this morning, Pastor Matt's sermon is going to be awesome. But uh, there was a season in my life where I had my older son, and he um, had this, um, it's called a cholesteatoma. It's inside the inner ear, and um, it's really aggressive. It's like cancer, but it's not cancer. It's it's just very aggressive that way. He was four years old at the time, and we had to do surgery to get rid of that because if it attaches itself to the mastoid bone that protects your brain, gets through that it's terminal so we had to get aggressive so we went in had surgery i was the perfect christian mom i prayed i did everything i was supposed to i trusted god and after that surgery was done six months later it came back with a vengeance and it was growing down as eustachian tube and it had attached to that mastoid bone and it was on its way through I had to sign a death, death release form for him that day to have a second surgery, and they told me and guaranteed me he'd be paralyzed on the left side. And he'd never smile again. He had a great smile. So I was really angry. I said, Lord, you know what? I did everything right the first time. I trusted you. Everything went perfect. And now it's back. I'm not happy. And I fought him all the way up to surgery again. And when I had to watch my son be put under and I walked out into the hallway, I slid down onto the floor and I prayed and I said, Lord, you know what? I haven't done you right this time. He's yours, he's not mine. So I'm going to put him back up on that altar. And if you choose to take him, don't let my heart get bitter. He's yours in the first place. I trust you with him. So I let him go gonna let the surgeons take him. I walked out into the waiting room and that was a six hour long surgery. And do you know, in 15 minutes, the nurse came out and said they were done. And I said, okay, but it was six hours. So that's pretty short. She said, the doctor will be out in a little bit. he will tell you what's going on. So we came out and what you didn't know is my little four year old is a prayer warrior. And, uh, he came out, and he goes, Laurie, I don't know what to tell you, because this is Friday. On Wednesday, we did a CAT scan, and we can see it everywhere. We've got the CAT scan. And there is nothing there. Nothing there. So that was an answered prayer for me. I'm still waiting on prayer for my Kendra. She sits over in the scooter over here. She's not here today. We're still praying for her, and God may have a different a different outcome for her, a different way that he answers. But he's still good. And we trust him. So if you're still waiting, it's okay. Because he's going to take care of you. And sometimes it's the way we want. And sometimes it's just a different route. And that's okay too, because he's a good God. So I hope that encourages you. And that you see that God's hand moves and that Holy Spirit comes in and he takes over and we all have our stories in this room that's just one so it's really beautiful to know that our God can take care of us in every way possible when we least expect it so let's praise him some more you want to let's do it
0: Be overcome by your presence,
3: Lord. I'll fill this place, Jesus. You are welcome here, Father. We want you to be here, Lord, so come and take over all of our lives, Jesus, and just let us just soak you up today. Every time I tried to make it my mine Every time I tried to stand and start to fall And all those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends
0: ahead were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now,
1: there was Jesus.
0: And there was Jesus. In the shadows of the alleys. And there was Jesus. In
2: Worship you and that song. God, it's been good to hear each other's voices. It's been good to sense the power of your spirit just falling upon us. We thank you, God, today that you've brought us together and that you have a purpose and a plan for us. And we pray, Lord, this morning that as we open our hearts to you and on your word, God, that you will challenge us, convict us, help us, God, to be exactly who you've called us to be. But Lord, I pray that as we come to this time, that we will not leave this place without having an encounter with you. So, Lord, today, uh, as we've sung the song already, we just welcome you here. And, Lord, you are our desire. You are our focus. Today, regardless of what's happening around us, what's happening throughout our week or what we're expecting this afternoon or next week or next year, I pray, God, that you would just help push all of those things away and help us to focus clearly on you and what you're asking of us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people say, amen, amen. Amen. You may be seated. It is great, great, great to see you guys today. I want to remind you before we get started also that uh, if you want to give, um, of course we have our offering box in the back, but we can also give online. Uh, you can find a give our, uh, button on our website where you can give there online as well, and we thank you for your faithfulness to the church in giving in that regards. Today um, we're going to be looking at John chapter 14, uh, and I want to give you a little bit of a backstory as we begin, and we begin this process of just uh, seeing what God uh, is wanting to share and and uh, lay on your heart this morning um, we all have expectations Um, there's expectations that we had for this year there's expectations you may have had for the holidays over uh, thanksgiving and expectations you may have for christmas and and just for your life in general everybody has expectations but here i'm i'm sensing even especially in the midst of this year that sometimes i believe that god is saying i understand your expectations i understand that you have things that you're hoping to see accomplished things that maybe you're expecting from god himself but When reality doesn't meet our expectation, are you okay with checking the box and saying, Lord, I'm good with whatever you have for me. I'm going to be good with whatever you have for me. And when, as we are looking at John chapter 14, I want to give you a bit of the backstory there. You see, uh, this is a time where Jesus had been sharing with his, his disciples, uh, and he, he had done this more than once, he'd done this several times, but just the understanding that here's what's going to happen to me, and it's not going to be pretty. I'm, I'm going to be crucified, uh, they're going to take me, they're going to, they're, they're going to spit on me, There's, this world is going to hate me, I, I'm about to die for you. And, and in the midst of all of this, you see, there were expectations that the disciples had had, and they were thinking to themselves, you've got to know they were thinking, oh, wait a second, this isn't the way that this was supposed to go. You see, <laughs> there was four main groups uh, represented, uh, the religious groups anyway, in Israel. Uh, There were the Pharisees. The Pharisees, of course, we are very familiar with them. Uh, They really felt like if they could just get the nation of Israel, you know, to get their act together, quit sinning, finally when they quit sinning, finally the Messiah would come back. And when the Messiah comes back, he would set up a whole new kingdom, it was as if they saw the, the, you know, the, the, the current global uh, reigning power of Rome, and they believed, you know, when the Messiah came, everything's going to be flipped upside down. And so, Rome would now be under our feet, and he will set up a new kingdom here on earth, and it will look kind of like Rome does, except Israel would be in charge, and it would reign forever and ever. Well, uh, the Pharisees, they had their thoughts, and then there were the Sadducees, and they were an interesting group. They really were among the upper crust of Israel, and they would find themselves often in government positions, and, uh, and here's the thing is, they didn't believe in an afterlife, they just felt like, you know what, well, whatever you're going to get right here, right now, this is it. So we better just take advantage of the current system that we're in. And, and, and you know, they, they had no understanding. And so it was a very, uh, that's why they were sad, you see, because there was no hope <laughs> in the midst of their system. So there's the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and then there's the Essenes, and, and they were kind of like, in a sense, kind of like what you might think of as the Amish. They kind of just kind of separated themselves from the, the nation of Israel even, and, and it was kind of this false humility. Uh, they, they felt like, well, you know what, um, we're just kind of in, in their humble way, they began to almost even have a competition in their humility with each other. And, uh, but they set themselves apart, and they would be the ones kind of like today was, you know, I was the first one here, and I was the last one gone, and, but, but I'm, I'm doing it for Jesus, right? You know, <laughs> so it was an interesting group, and, and they felt like when Je- the Messiah would come, that he would come in such a way that when he came, that they would be the ones kind of first at the table. Uh, they wouldn't say it maybe, but they felt kind of like they had the corner on this market of what it meant to serve God and then there were the zealots and the zealots were just as their name implies they were just very very zealous for uh, for Israel and for God and they felt like you know what the way that we're going to take back uh, this nation and the way that the Messiah is going to come is he's going to come on a horse and he's going to chop heads he's going to take names and and they were looking for a military leader in the midst of this and they all had these expectations and here the disciples they had been affected by all these different groups and some were zealots themselves peter himself was a zealot Uh, we see how he just would act first and think later but jesus is telling them "I'm, i'm about to lay down my life for you in chapter 13 and in And this this was not computing for them. Wait a second, you came here, you're the Messiah, we've seen the great things you've done, you're going to set up a new kingdom here. Well, yeah, um, actually, Jesus was reminding them, I am the representation of the kingdom right now. And he even tells them in this preceding chapter, a new command I'm going to give you. Forget all the things and all the expectations that you've had, a new command I'm giving you, I give you this. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And he was saying to all of their expectations and all of these fragments of their groups, here's what I'm about to do. I'm about to show you an ultimate love. But they couldn't see what Jesus was trying to do because they couldn't get past their own expectations and wants of who Jesus was supposed to be. As you have approached this year, and even uh, your Thanksgiving time this year, or the holidays, or uh, you probably had expectations of 2020, and my guess is it probably didn't pan out the way you thought it would. <laughs> and you probably had expectations maybe of things that would happen in family, or maybe... Uh, it, But when those things happen and God reveals there's going to be a different way, are you able to just lay it down, your expectations, and say, God, I'm good with whatever way that you offer us? You see, uh, the first thing he says, Jesus says in this chapter, is do not let your hearts be troubled. That's 14 verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And the reason why he says that is he knows their expectations. And he knows that we have expectations. There's things that we're hoping to be able to do. There's things that we had planned throughout this year. There's things that we are planning in our future. And we're like, I don't know. Everything's just up in the air. We don't know what's going on now. And, and in the midst of all of it, Jesus is saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. And in the midst of it all, he's, he's asking us, he's pleading with us, keep your focus on me. Keep your focus on me. But, as the saying goes, uh, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> and, and we had, I mean, like shared, you know, the great things that happened on Thanksgiving dinner. We had a call in, late in the evening and... By the way, uh, well, it, we, we, just, we weren't expecting our oldest daughter or her husband to be able to come, and they called Jackie up, and they're like, hey, uh, I think we're actually going to be on our way. We're going to be coming out there. We're like, well, that's great. End up... Four in the morning, they showed up, and we we had a great Thanksgiving. The, the, all three of our girls were home together, which is wonderful. And in the midst of this week and the celebration as well, Faith and Nathan are here. They are newly engaged, and so this week, and so we're we're excited about that for them also. Um, and yes, I do like him; he's a good guy. And but uh, there's things we didn't expect we didn't know exactly what god was doing but he always has a way there was a husband and a wife that were celebrating their 60th birthday together and all of a sudden an angel appeared you know this is just a story an angel appeared and said god was going to grant each one of them a special request and the wife said and my request would be able to travel. I would like to be able to travel all over the world. And just right then and there, poof, when the smoke cleared, she was sitting there with some tickets in her hand, ready for her to go all the way around the world. And then the husband, he knew that God already had read his mind and knew his heart, and he kind of hung his head. And he said, well, my request is that I'd be married to a woman 30 years younger than me. And poof! When the smoke cleared, he was 90 years old. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes life gives us surprises that we didn't expect and we didn't even want. Amen? (laughs) Which, by the way, I also wanted to share some neat news. You know, we have a couple here, you know, Dick and Lynn, they've been married for 57 years today. Isn't that neat? uh, Isn't that great? I can almost. Get, it, it, fifty-seven years ago, they probably thought, "Oh, fifty-seven years from now, we we'll, we'll, we won't even be around that time." <laughs> but here they are. Thank God, He does the good, unexpected things. But His way is always good. Uh, we're in full-blown Christmas season, and and uh, and you know, there's this trend happening because of the craziness of the year, and people were disappointed of what this year has brought us and disappointed about the things that have happened and disappointed so they're trying there's this trend that's evidently been happening and they're trying to uh, just kind of cap off this awful year by just you know playing pranks on each other with these awful gifts like this a gravy fountain um, you can buy it it's just a box and you put your real gift inside of it, and then but it's a gag gift box, or you might get the pet sweep, or or you might get, you know, this twelve thousand piece jigsaw puzzle with the little picture of the moon on it. Um toddler tamers, I really like this. Five pound weights to put on your kids, so they just quit walking around. And hot lips, that one is uh, my, I've got that myself, but hot lips, a face heater. And, then, and this one is good for all you grandparents to give your grandkids my first fire. Uh, <laughs> what crazy things. But here's the deal. In the midst of all of it, uh, in the midst of the unexpected, uh, God actually has a great gift for each one of us, even in the midst of what we never thought we wanted. You've been there, though, even... Probably got a Christmas gift you didn't want one time or two, maybe 2020 wasn't the was the gift that you never wanted, and it just keeps giving and giving. For all of us, there have been times in life where surprises came that were less than enjoyable. Maybe you are going through some of those times now. For some, the holidays can be just a really tough time. For some, the holidays remind them of uh, you know broken relationships or or lost loved ones, or it's, it's not always easy. It's not always the holly jolly time, the ideal that we think of when it comes to these days. Nobody wants that, but, but life happens, and when surprises come that are less than ideal, I feel that God is asking us, just challenging us, will you still trust me? Will you still follow me? Will you still worship me? Even though the path that we are being asked to travel down is not what your first choice would be. Will you still trust today? The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said these words, we are caught up in a majestic struggle. We are caught up in a majestic struggle. I love the way that he described a, Very much less than desirable situation that he was in the middle of as a majestic struggle. He used these words in his last sermon there in Memphis before he was shot and killed. And in this last sermon, he was basically challenging his people and challenging our nation will we trust and obey in God even in the midst of the struggle? And when we do, and God is in the struggle with us, it's no longer something to be endured. He revealed, it's a majestic struggle to be a part of. We anticipate thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That understanding of this being a majestic struggle. uh, You see, our lives and even our church is fragile. When we try to hold on to it, as we try to take it into our hands, when we try to make it the way that we want it to be. But our church our lives, our families are powerful when we place everything, the surprises, the unexpected, the things we never wanted or asked for into God's hands. In today's sermon, it's, it's called Check the Box and it's a reminder that when life isn't fair, when you get surprises that you never wanted, it can still be a gift when we give it to God and humbly say, Lord, if I can't have what I think I want, you've been there. If I can't have what I think I want, just send me something that you know is of equal or greater value, because God, we trust that you know what is best. And what is happening here in the midst of this is Jesus is preparing his disciples because he knows that they are not expecting things to go down the way that they are going to go down. So we begin in John chapter 14, verse 15. And it says there that Jesus promises, remember this time that Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit, and it says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. (laughs) Those are, you might even want to just underline that section right there he's telling them you know right now the spirit is with you but i'm telling you there's going to be an advocate that's going to be in you there's a big difference i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you and before long the world will not see me anymore but you will see me because i live you also will live and on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. I, I, I tell you, I think of this, and I, I'm reminded there's, there's so much for us to be thankful for but what he's trying to say to them even though you know as we kind of saw this the, the 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 just the the background of this portion of scripture is that I, he's understanding that they don't they don't expect this they're not even understanding what's going to be happening but he's trying to remind them don't don't fret i am in you I am giving you an advocate. I'm going to send you a counselor. You are going to have power beyond what you ever expected. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I don't know if any of you have ever received, you know, catalogs in the mail where, uh, where and they still do this. It's not on, or just online, but uh, there's these catalogs that you can get and and they're for seeds. And, uh, and so you can buy seeds for, you know, tomatoes or for, you know, fruit or whatever else. You know, the, you know, you know beans and corn and, um, you know, anyway. In this one catalog, there's a statement like this on their order form. It says, check this box if you are willing to receive something of equal or greater value if what you order is unavailable. Isn't that interesting? Check this box if you're willing to receive something of equal or greater value if your order is unavailable. So basically, if you're just ordering corn or if you're ordering some tomato seeds or whatever else, and they're like, well, we're out of that, but hey, guess we're going to surprise you with some lima beans. You know, it's going to be great. And so, and, 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 but people obviously are doing it. If they can't send you exactly what you order with your permission, they're going to send you something of equal value or something even better. All you have to do is just check the box. Now, not everyone is comfortable with that offer. Um, if, they, if they can't have exactly what they think they want, they don't want anything that that company is going to offer them. But there is something exciting, at least for me, I mean, there's something exciting, well, let's just see what, what might happen. You know, you never know what you might get. And so, and so some of us might say, well, surprise me. Send me something better if you don't have what I think I want. <laughs> And Our God, he can work like that also. Sometimes in our praying, and you've been there, I've been there, we might demand something from God. God, this has got to be like this. God, you've got to do it in my life or their life or or the church or in this. You've got to do this, God. He'll... Our aches heal our illness give us the house that we've been desiring make sure that we have a certain amount of money to retire on Lord give us what we know we gotta have but I think that in the midst of it all that God is pleased when at the end of our hopes and what we want we are willing to just check the box and say but Lord if I can't have what I think I want, just send me something of equal or greater value. Lord, you know what is best. Hmm. I think that God smiles when we trust in him totally in that way. I'm not sure that the disciples were at that point in this passage that Jesus was trying to prepare them again for his departure. He, he knew they were going to miss him. He could anticipate they were going to feel like orphans. He even said so in the portion of scripture that we read. He, he knew they were going to feel parentless, homeless, uh, loveless, uh, abandoned, uh, unprotected, lonely. So he even said in verse 18 to them, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. Maybe some of us have felt that way in our life. Maybe we felt like God has orphaned us in the midst of the struggle but he says i will not leave you i will come to you they couldn't see it at the time but jesus had something else in mind he knew of something of equal or greater value than they needed that they didn't even know that they needed he knew he couldn't stay forever he knew that he couldn't stay in this human body and continue to meet the needs of all the human beings born in all the subsequent centuries He had a plan that was of equal and greater value and he reveals to this to them you know in those verses in 16 and 7 he says i'm going to ask the father he will give you another counselor to be with you forever the spirit of truth i mean the disciples they didn't expect this they couldn't have anticipated this they wouldn't have known to pray for this All they knew at the moment was like, Jesus, what are you talking about? You're going to leave us? We don't understand. All all they knew is they were going to have some serious separation, anxiety, and, and, and without Jesus living with them, they were feeling hopeless. But Jesus had a better idea than they could ever conceive. He would send his Holy Spirit to be with them every moment of every day and his plan was even greater than he when he explained that his spirit wouldn't just be with them remember it's not going to just be with you his spirit would be in them isn't that amazing I mean, think about that for a moment, because, you know, throughout the the Old Testament, we would see where the Spirit of God would come upon someone, or the Spirit of God would be moving someone. But here's the deal, is now the Spirit of God, Jesus is saying, is going to be available not just to rest upon you, it's going to be in you, not just with you. That's good news for us. You may say, I don't know how I'm supposed to do such and such a thing. You may be feeling like, and God is asking you to do something that was way beyond what you ever expected, something you never really even thought you wanted. And here's the deal, is Jesus is saying to you, just like he's saying to them, there's gonna be power in your life that allows you to fulfill what I'm asking of you in ways that you never, ever, ever dreamed of. That's why we are a Holy Spirit church. If we don't, we don't believe that the Holy Spirit comes within us and lives within us, ah, uh, What a lifeless, dead church we would be. Verse 17, Jesus goes on to say, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus, I believe, carefully chose those words. and He said his spirit would act As a counselor to the disciples think about that i don't know about you but i'm always desiring and needing and know i need good counsel i have friends uh, across the country who i know i can call on for good counsel and just ask them okay here's the situation i'm up against or here's something that's happening in my life right now or in our church could you give me good counsel and that's great but here's the thing the ultimate counselor is available to every one of us. And all we have to do is ask, Holy Spirit, would you give me counsel in this situation? Would you lead me and guide me and direct me? And the Holy Spirit does work through different avenues, through your Christian, godly Christian friends. And sometimes he he speaks to us in ways that we just never expected. But the word counselor itself... It's defined like this. If you were to look it up, it's, it's defined as someone who gives advice about your problems. And again, as a, an advisor or a consultant, it's, it's someone who has supervisory duties and gives direction, kind of like a summer camp counselor. Or it's also someone who pleads ca- the, the cases in court. It's, it's like a lawyer or a counselor at law. And here's the thing that is coming across to me is all you and I have to do is check the box. And as we ask for help from the Lord, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit on retainer. Jesus may not give you exactly what you think you need. But he has one who will be your guide through the sticky problems and the surprising situations. He will be your counsel when you need direction and your lawyer when the enemy of your soul wants to imprison your life. And he is the victor and he lives inside of you. He talks about feeling like an orphan and and the typical orphan only knows to ask for a parent's. But Jesus offers something of far greater value. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth for you and me. The saints of the ages, as you read scripture, as you go through your Bible, the saints of the ages learned to check the box in their life. Do you remember Job? He had lost everything of value to him. His children died, his vast houses and possessions, they had all vanished, but his health had deteriorated dramatically. But he said these words, he says, Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. This is a man who had abandoned, who said, you know, I surrender everything for Jesus. I'm checking the box. God, this isn't what I asked for. This isn't what I wanted. This certainly isn't what I felt I needed. But you know what? If I can't have exactly what I'm thinking, I'm going to be okay with God with saying, give me something of greater, equal, and greater value, Lord. I'm trusting in you. The Apostle Paul struggled with some sort of problem. He referred to as his thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was. We don't know if it was an individual who was kind of a bully in his life. We don't know if it was something physical, if it was a temptation. But three times he pleaded with the Lord, please just take this from me. But finally, Paul had to just check the box. <laughs> he decided that God knows what's best, and whatever he sent would be of greater value. And God said to Paul, as he finally checked that box in his life, he said these words, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul That confidence, after checking the box, says, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest upon me. And we thank God, together with Paul, that there's a power that comes within us that gives us, each day, a chance to move forward in something greater than we could ever have imagined. Well, you think, well, you know, that's just, you know couple other people, but I take comfort in this that even Jesus himself had to check the box. You're saying, what are you talking about? pastor what do you mean when you say that even jesus himself checked the box in the garden of gethsemane he agonized over his impending death he sweat drops of blood and he was feeling crushed in the midst of it all and as he was feeling crushed he he knew what the plan was he knew what he needed to do but in his humanity he was like oh this this is going to be bad and I, and there was that part of him was like oh If there were any other way, as a matter of fact, he prayed to the Father, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. You remember? He checked the box, and the Father, though it was painful for both him and his Son, he sent not what Jesus asked for, but what was of greater value to the kingdom of God. And I was thinking, as I'm preparing this about you, and, and I'm thinking maybe there might be some here who are struggling with some issue. Perhaps you have become a little bit maybe demanding with the Lord. Maybe you're requiring him to do what you want, and maybe you become judgmental or started playing God in other people's lives. Maybe you came today and you are so hurt and so broken. Maybe you're just ready to give up. I'm just, I I don't want to take another step. I'm just done with life. I'm done with the way that things are. You're empty. Well, Remember what we learned last week. In God's economy, empty is where all good things begin. Because when we're empty, that's when God can fill us to the top. Why don't Today, you take a deep breath, forget about yesterday, don't worry about tomorrow. Relax, and just admit your inability to see the whole picture. We don't see the whole picture. We don't know what's happening this next week. We're not sure what's going to happen this afternoon, to be quite honest. But once we admit that we can't see the whole picture, then check the box and say God we know you do and we let him figure it out we let him figure out the best way to send us something of greater value than we ever could have imagined something that's at least of equal or greater value but for the sake of the kingdom the struggle that we have, maybe you don't have this struggle, but I have this struggle, is sometimes I want to put God in my box. I, I think, okay, God, this is the way that you've done it before. This is the way that I'm expecting you to do it now. You did this once in my life. I, now, I'm, I'm claiming this. I'm claiming what you said here. So you have to do it this way. And we put God in a box as if he really could be put in a box. But, but here's the thing. God doesn't work in my way as a matter of fact scripture tells us that his ways are higher and greater than my ways and your ways and and I have this exercise I want you to look at this and and you can just do this with me some of you may have done this before if you're at home you can grab a pencil or uh, and do this with us real quick but here's nine dots it kinda makes this look like a box and, and and here's the directions and imagine in your mind This nine box, the directions are without lifting a pencil, without lifting your pen, connect these nine dots with four straight line segments. Now in your mind's eye, you guys are here today, just think about that for a moment. Okay, how am I going to connect all of these with just four straight line segments? Because I I, I just... Think about it for a moment. Well, if you have those little lines, those four lines, you you would start out like this. That would be your first line. And then the, the next line would go like this. And the line after that would look like this. And then to get your last line, so you connect all of those dots with just four lines you put the next one across there. Here's the thing, to do that, you had to think outside of the box, right? And many of us are like trying to figure, how do I keep it in the box? And here's the thing, we don't keep God in a box. God is greater than anything we could ever imagine. And sometimes I don't really think that we, I know we can't comprehend how amazing and how great God is, but we even try to box him into the universe and we forget he's the creator of the universe, We sometimes try to box him into science and we forget, you know what, he's the author of science and if he wants to bend the laws of physics, guess what, he can. (laughs) But Here's the deal, I would suggest that if you will check the box in your life, you will begin to see God work outside the box with you and in you and through you in ways that you never could have imagined. Amen. I'd like to ask the worship team to come forward and, and uh, you know I I just want you to capture as we are embarking on the season of Advent Advent which will start next Sunday, uh, December 6th, our first Sunday of Advent as we are embarking on that we can begin to you know, just Oh, I know the story. Oh, I know what to expect. I know what's going to happen next. I tell you what, if 2020 should have taught us anything, uh, it should be this. We don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> we, we don't know what to expect. But you know what? Here's what we do know, is no matter what the world throws our way, no matter what happens in our life, God has a plan. Amen? And if we trust in that, if we trust in his plan, and we just check the box, and we don't try to push him in our little mold and say, God, this is how you have to do it. This is the way it's going to have to be. Again, God is going to do things greater than we ever could have imagined. I thank God that even in the midst of the toughest times, even those times where I finally got to the end of myself, there's times where I was empty, there's times where I was just disillusioned that, there was Jesus in the midst of that. I'm thankful for our worship team. Don't they do a good job? They're going to lead us today in this final song, There Was Jesus.
3: Every time I try to make it my Every time I tried to stand and start to fall All those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the
0: life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. There's
2: you checked the box, church? Have you checked the box? Today, as we just come to a close, I just want to encourage you that even when you feel like life is handing you maybe a raw deal and it's completely unexpected what is happening, God has something of equal or greater value in store for you. Isn't God good? There always is Jesus in the midst of it all. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for how your word has spoke to our hearts. I thank you, Lord, for this church. I thank you, God, for the difference the people in this church are making in our community and in their families, at their job places, Lord, wherever they find themselves. I thank you, God, that you are raising up leaders in our midst. I thank you for the calling that you have on people's lives. I thank you, God, that even when we don't know what's coming up next, Lord, that you still have a plan and that we can trust in you. You've not left us as orphans. God, you've given us the greatest thing ever known to mankind through the power of your Holy Spirit, the ability to be your people and walk in your ways. I thank you, God, for your love and for your dying and coming and dying for us here on earth and for giving us forgiveness and salvation. Lord, we are thankful that you are our Messiah. And God, help us not to keep you in our boxes, but help us just to check the box today. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and together we say, amen. Amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Amen. Well, I'd say I'm glad you're here. For those of you who are online right now, we are thanking you for joining us as well. If you have anything you'd like to talk about or you just want to pray or whatever else, I'll be up here uh, for you after the service. God bless you. You are dismissed.
1: Pure hearts, and let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands, and give us pure hearts. And let us not lift our souls to another. And oh God, let us be a generation that's. got a chance